And welcome back to Speaking From Experience. And I have in studio with me today, the BJ Robbins uh, from Flyover Media, Smugcast, Smugcast Movie Review. Uh, we could go down the entire list. I mean, the, the man does it all. Juice in the morning, uh, juice pick them, and then um, off the cuff. Yeah. So with Calvin and Devon. Like I said, he, he's uh, he's constantly in the studio doing things. That's what we were just talking about. And uh, uh, if you're not a subscriber or uh, following any of those shows, get over there and do it. Oh, and the BJ Robbins project too. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one. The one I was gonna we were gonna talk about is the one I forgot about. <laughs> and so I, I do want to say, you know, before we jump into this, if um, if anybody listening has kind of heard some of your shows or some of my shows. This one today is probably going to be a little bit different. It's it's not um, we're not going to be cutting up. We're not going to be you know uh, coming at each other like we probably you've seen in other shows. This one's a little bit more of a serious topic, and I just got to say that I really appreciate you reaching out and wanting to come on and do this. Yeah, and that's kind of where the, my show, um, the new one I want to do is because I felt like I got pigeonholed. Right, I felt like it was like certain kind of jokes, be a certain kind of persona. You're playing it because on Smuckass it was. I'm a big wrestling fan, professional wrestling fan. So it's, you take yourself and you turn it up to 10, right? And Absolutely. that's, and that's what we did AP and I, and, but I felt like we got pigeonholed and then we didn't get into like some things that I have a huge interest in. Right. And, and I have some upcoming shows with people that are battling addiction, battling other things. And so, cause I think people hear those stories and if you could, the whole point I got in the podcast was like if one person or in the, in the, any everything I'm doing, if one person listens to something and and they take something from it, then and it helps them. Then it's kind of like music. If you listen to the song, you're like, wow, I'm getting something from it, and it helps. And that's kind of what I got into it to make someone laugh on a bad day. But now to take someone who has a certain life and be a certain way, and then realize what maybe what they're going through, and they're like, okay, uh, oh, I see, where, I see what's going on. And, you know, and I appreciate it. I was up on the B.J. Robbins podcast and um, our project. and Huge hit, by the way. Was it? Yep. Mm-hmm. I got I, a lot of feedback about that because th- they were so surprised that knew me, you and I, and, and, and what we talked about and, and how we went about through it. And they were really impressed with it. And then they were like, and then that kind of, I wanted to use that. That's why I asked you. I want to take that episode because I know you from another side. Because my respect for you went up a million. Like we're not like friends, friends, right? I mean, I mean, we are now. We talk and everything. Absolutely. But when my dad passed away, it'll be a year, December second. Um, you showed up. Like if you didn't, I wouldn't have noticed. But um, because you were friends with uh, AP and then also our other friends, Sproles, and you showed up, and I was, I never forgot it. All those other people that were there, I mean, I knew they were going to be there, but like you showed up, and I was like, okay. So that's some next level stuff, and it was all from us talking in the microphones. Absolutely, but I, but that's the other part too, and I agree with you. You know, when we started this, we wanted to, you know, kind of battle, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later. But you know, today's world, everybody on social media shows their lives are perfect and and things like that. But when my wife and I kind of started married with children, the idea was to be real. Like we have issues, we have struggles, we have, you know, arguments and and bad days and those kind of things. But that to me, you know, my respect from you was the help that you'd given me and knowing what you were going through. And that was something I wanted to be there for you um, and your family in that situation. And and it is funny um, in the sense that listening to you guys and i started with your first episode of Smugcast. like you said i've been buddies with ap and that was an awful episode go on. <laughs> and, and everybody's first episode is bad hi welcome to Smugcast. <laughs> hi this is ap and with me as always this is bj and we're we're 230 something's gonna talk about life and and kids and yeah um but to go through that you know even though yes we hadn't we didn't have the friendship even that we have now I felt like I knew you a lot better because I had sat there and listened to you every week. Talk about pops, talk about your mom, talk about your backstory, your brother, you know? And so for me, it was important for me to be there because, you know, we had developed that, like you said, from talking to a microphone and, you know, it, it has grown into something even bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I have a lot of great friends from it. Um, the podcast community was great um, with the, with the GoFundMe and some money that was donated and the comedians and um, podcasters that came down to my house in the living room, um, the people that called in, sent messages. And 
and then that's where you know that you made an impact and, and you don't realize it and and i think that's something we're going to talk about today is like you don't realize that sometimes there's people there for you because you think that there's they're not but you'll be surprised that like if you really open up talk to somebody or let them know what's going on there are people that are going to be there to help you absolutely and i'm i will say this about the the bj robbins project the show i was on um something a little bit humorous is obviously we do several different shows here all over the place and my mom listened to the show with you and me on it mm-hmm. and i get a text she said i'm so proud of you so it took your show for me to get that text message um, of how proud she was and i know she's proud because she's going to now listen to this and probably call me and be like you you make me sound bad i know she's proud but it was a really good episode and it really struck her to see you know us talking a way that i don't think she expected to hear either yeah i mean it, it is because to put yourself to go from a certain persona and to try to be an actual interviewer um i mean it's different if you have people come unplugging your stuff or if you if you have a certain genre like you have racing and then there's an outdoors and things like that so that's you know a certain genre and driven but to be able to sit down with somebody and be like and have them be in their uh, rarest form i love that you know is is because can you have somebody like talk about something that they normally won't talk about absolutely and that's really where we split you know married with children had really become we were interviewing everybody um and we found that that was our best episodes but for callie and i we missed kind of being able to sit back and and just talk about us and have some fun and talk about pop culture and that's why we kind of spit off, spun off to the speaking from experience because this is what i love to do as well is this idea of getting to talk to people and and learn from them and the things that they do um and grow from that and so again i appreciate you coming down today and uh like i said from here on out it's probably not going to be what people would expect from you and i with mics in front of us oh yeah but i think it's an extremely important topic and in the same way you talked about me coming to pops's uh visitation it's the same way i felt and to give a little backstory for those listeners how this started um unfortunately a little over a week and a half ago um the jennings county community lost a 21 year old young man um to suicide and he had played football for me um his class was extremely close i was head football coach for two years while they were there obviously was in the school as a teacher as a dean of students with them there and it was a really tough situation um i got the news that thursday morning at about 6 30 in the morning and uh you know, and I told my wife, it was amazing to me. I, I made a post to, to all of my kids just saying, man, you know, reach out if you need something and, and was really worried about my kids and those players and that I had been around. You were one of a handful of people who messaged me and said, hey, man, if you need somebody to talk to, let me know, because I know you're you're worried about everybody else. But if you need somebody to talk to, let me know. And in the same sense, that meant the world to me because you were observant enough to know, all right, the guy's going through some things right now and I'm at least going to reach out and say, if you need help, I'm here. Yeah. Meant the world to me. And then that night you messaged me and said, Hey man, call me. I got an idea. I got to stop doing that by the way, (laughs) because I did that to two people that night and the other, both people were, when I talked to them, they're like, like I, I'm old school. Like I want to hear your voice. Right. Absolutely. I'm weird like that, I guess. Um, and I did it to Calvin and it was about their show. And then, and, and then like, he, I guess our thing that we had, like talking about relationships meant so much. He's like, he thought I didn't want to do his show anymore. And so I was like, no, 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 no. Like, so just, that's why text can be so impactful at times. And, but yeah. And I see anything about an idea. Um, I actually, you know, I want to do the show. And then my first idea was actually go to the school and talk to people. Right. Mm-hmm. but we'll see how this goes and and maybe we can utilize that so um because shocked by that 21 years old like life's just starting mm-hmm. right um because to me high school's great but I, my life really started when i got out of high school right you know because you know, for a lot of people you're on your own and but i've dealt with anxiety depression not so much bipolar um but i but i deal with it a lot and a lot of it had to do with my childhood right but most people don't want to want to admit where it comes from so i'm six three right around 290 Uh, i have a beautiful wife i have two i mean i just talking about my son he's a freshman playing got in a jv game in a sectional game right my oldest son's 16 they're both in great health they both get good grades i'm middle class 
I mean, I pulled up an Alexis, right? So I have like the epitome of what you're chasing. Absolutely. Especially being from Seymour. I'm not just from a small town and I live in Greenwood. Um, but your epitome was to try to get somewhere, right? And But there, there are so many insecurities, right? My real father left when I was six. Um, and that had a huge impact on me because it was like, why is that family better than the one that you had? So already my confidence was shot shot from right there. How vivid is that memory? Oh, I, I still remember in Seymour, I think it's across from where the CVS now used to be Noltings or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, I remember running to the car at six or seven years old, running to my car, get the doors locked, and I saw my my biological father grab my older brother, um, Craig, and shake him and said, you're no child of mine, right? Um, the other memory I have is him taking me to meet the woman that he left my family for. Um, the other memory was uh, my mom pulling a shotgun out in the middle of Seymour. So that's my childhood. I moved like almost 30 sometimes by the age of 18. Um, trailer parks we got evicted um, me and my mom my brother lived in a room probably from this size over bunk beds in high school right so right away I'm already thinking I'm not good enough so when I would date some of the other girls in high school like I'd go to their houses and I would just sit like this because I was like and it, I never thought I was good enough for those people so felt like you couldn't touch anything yeah and, and then and my mom went through depression obviously and I, I don't blame her for that right so I do think that some of this is hereditary. Mm -hmm. um, my mom would never talk to anybody about it. She would just shut down, take some sleeping pills. Not too many. I'm not saying that, but right. she would take. She just to, want, to escape. She wanted to escape. Like she never drank. She never used drugs. She didn't even curse. Um, but the problem was is she would never talk about it. And so now she does. Like when, when pops passed away, um, now she talks about it, and she'll ask about it because. I'm 39. You're right around the same age, right? 34, yeah. Okay. Like, we weren't supposed to talk about it. We are like, you're supposed to push everything down, right? And and just be like, and, and stone face, like, hey, we're going to be evicted. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. And you have no idea. And the insides are just going like crazy. Mm -hmm. So, but the, the that thing was the confidence thing, right? Because you would go to football practice. And then I remember this one football, they like, had everybody's dad behind them. And like, me and my brother, like, so that sticks with you and, and you could use that as an excuse but you start feeling like you're not good enough right and then and then the depression part was just um and then anxiety was was the worst like you're not good enough like and then you you be in these people's house and you see their life i remember going to someone's lake house that was a friend of mine and i was just like their house is bigger than almost four apartments in my building and th there wasn't resentment but i was just like amazed yeah i just felt bad i just i felt like i was inadequate um and andy was on our show andy Udy, and i and i told her the story her mom's running for mayor and mm -hmm. seymour and uh like i would always just talk to her into the driveway but i would never like actually try to date her because like i'm not good enough for you so that was my mentality like i'm not good enough for anybody this and it changed when i met steph but i mean but there's there's a dark place that you go and it just happens but it, you never talk about it so like there's been times where um that's why i don't own a gun in my house and i know it sounds weird to say but i don't and me and ap talk about it all the time it's like that's why i have a gun i'm manic depressive like it could just happen you know and you start thinking about something and it's something in your body you can take medicine for it and this reason i don't i know it sounds weird i want to fill the highs with the low so when mm -hmm. my son gets into plays a game or my oldest son for when he first started he's learning to drive i want to feel that happiness but you don't on some of those medicines because it numbs you you're like hey you know i want a million dollars great and you know hey you're about to be evicted hey okay but you don't have no emotions and you have to feel those emotions and uh, pops was the same way like pops was just the same no matter what right because old school push everything down everything will be all right i'll figure it out but and that's when a lot of men won't talk about it so this mm -hmm. part of this 21 year kid i don't know the full story but but there also could be something in her life that happened traumatic that they're embarrassed by even though it happened to them you know it, it could be something terrible you know like there could be you know like even females too i'm not just saying men but you know they could be molested or they could be raped or something can happen and they still feel like it's their fault Absolutely. because a lot of time in society it is their fault and you know and and i think that's what's wrong with the brain sometimes it's like you blame yourself for it and you know and i and there's a nice to lay in bed look at my wife i'm like like I am not good enough for her. She does nothing to say it. My wife is probably 
the most laid back i mean like this is my eighth podcast this week right but because she knows i want we're chasing dreams but i still have that i'm like well what if she would have i think she deserves better she deserves a better house and then it just starts eating at me and then you start going in that dark place and the dark places it's just the way you're wired but and then but when i'm at ap things change right so i start i would talk to him and i would tell him like that and he would and he would listen so ap doesn't have depression right no he is and i I mean this truly this is not a joke he is one of the most positive human beings i've ever been around now adhd we've talked about yeah 100 percent. but when you talk about that idea of you know pushing everything down and just saying you know i'm gonna i'm gonna figure it out ap is the exact opposite and he can talk about it like oh this is all going on but to him it's like yeah we'll figure it out it's all right and he's got such a positive outlook on trial on, on problems um that he truly believes it you know and i remember one time you guys talking on your show and he's like ah, if i lose my job tomorrow it's i gotta make this much a month so all i gotta do is find these odd jobs to get to and this then i and argued with him because in my mind i was like no i'm gonna <laughs> lose everything because i you know i'm a pessimist i'm an opposite i'm an optimistic person but also a pessimist like i will tell you you can do anything in the world but in the back of my mind i'm like i can't do this so and a lot of times is with people that have anxiety and depression is is and i looked at something i looked something up because in the funny part is you um you won't be able to um you don't even notice the signs like that you might have it and is like 11 things uh, others don't realize you're doing because of your high functioning anxiety and i know a lot of people say well this is just an excuse for people right when i fly i have anxiety because at one point in time i had altitude sickness on a plane i couldn't breathe so every time i got on a plane is it going to happen again so it causes that anxiety so declines in one of the things is decline invites although you want to go you're like i want to go but nah i'm not gonna go because and the another one obsesses over trivial things other people may not even notice like a simple word or unintentional glance for someone who's enough for your head to start processing you know and if you work in a certain job and they could be like oh what you put what, what'd you put that for there like did it like okay and then in the back of your mind like well, what are they talking about what did i do and then right away you start going back to that anxiety um and every situation the worst scenario is your, <laughs> your biggest thought i laugh at that because if you're a pessimist you're like off oh, you know and uh, you rewind conversations in your head over and over again i do that way too much oh yes you try to break it down and, and you try to be like why did i do this and why did i say that i'm an idiot god they're gonna think i'm stupid i'm not gonna get promoted um you know she's not gonna call me back or what, whatever it is um so um that was one of the ones that i really found when you when someone shows concern about you you become even more worried about the same thing even though they're just reaching out in care you start to think even to the point that i'm showing it too much i've got i've got to hide it better and you know and i know you and i got the chance to talk and you know i struggle with anxiety i've never had depression as bad now before i kind of got myself regulated i would my anxiety always manifested in anger um and you know the one that you talked about trivial little things and i remember one of the first times i really really noticed that it was to the point i had to do something and i was sitting at the kitchen table and my wife was eating breakfast i believe and i could hear her chewing and i was so enraged listening to her chew which is trivial it's dumb it's not a big deal she wasn't even doing it loud it wasn't like something but i was so mad it was crazy and and i i remember finally kind of to myself thinking why am i this mad about this and it just i would vibrate inside that's the best way i can describe it is i could just feel like everything inside it was like almost getting shocked i was just vibrating and and i had to and I, and i will say i understand where you're coming from on the highs and lows when i was in college i went to the doctor for my anxiety and they prescribed me a medication and i i couldn't stand it because i was exactly what you said it didn't matter if i walked out and you told me i'd won the lottery or someone just stole my truck i was gonna be like oh okay cool all right cool and i and that's why i didn't do it and then for probably 10 years i stayed away from it and and i coped by saying well i i I have high stress jobs and i kept telling myself that you know well i'm a i'm a coach that's high stress that's why i get angry that's why i'm on edge 
Then I was in administration. That's why. That's why. I always found a way to blame it on something else other than saying I need some help. And then you're saying all these people are looking at me. What do you expect? I mean, I'm I'm I have blah 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 x amount of people, and then I get no breaks, and then like what I do always you, find a way to explain it away. Yeah, you know, and it, it, and it's one of those things is like, hey, why did anybody do dishes? And you're like, well, what? And it, it means it's a normal thing, and then you just start. You take you take that one and animate object and you're like this is the you're gonna take it out on this and some other people take it out on other people like in a physical way in a bad way because that's and that's how people cope is they they deflect everything they're going through and throwing it on someone else and, and you know and i i looked up to a an article that talked about 10 things that men struggling with mental health wish other men knew and one of them was probably the toughest thing for me was I realized, okay, I've got a problem. I realized I need some kind of help. It's where do you go for that first step? You know, and do you go to your family doctor? Do you go to a, uh, a psychiatrist, a psychologist? Where do you go? And, and I did go to my family doctor and he helped me out. And I can tell you that the last year and a half, two years I've been, I've been on medicine and, and it's helped me so much deal with situations. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father, better son across the board. But it took me being willing to say, I have to walk in my doctor's office and admit I have something wrong. And I know I've heard you talk a lot about your relationship with your doctor. I can't stand going to the doctor. And I, I am one that didn't even have a doctor until probably two years ago when I had to do this because I just always assumed, yeah, if I'm sick, I'll take something over the counter. I'll figure it out. I so for me to walk in and actually have that conversation and especially when it was something like that because i did have that stigma of i should be able to figure this out i should be able to take care of this i i can fix it it was tough to admit that i needed somebody else to help me i needed to rely on someone else yeah and then i went to the doctor but the other thing is i found i have for, i have other friends that have it right and it's almost like you build like let's just podcast you have a podcast community we do that and there's you know comics have this and athletes have that but if you have similar similar people have the similar 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 things and you can admit it especially if you're a person that they look like like you're always under control right and then you go in and tell them like yeah i am but i deal with this and and then all of a sudden they're like you deal with that and then you're able to talk to them about it and then and then that way they're like hey i'm having a bad day like all right hey call me or whatever to call me text through whatever we need to do and then that's when i realized like hey talk to somebody who might be going through it i mean alcoholics talk to alcoholics right or drug addicts talk to drug addicts right so but we don't talk to other people about it because we're like you know we'll get through it and then that's when people can get through so you doing substance abuse you know drinking you know turning to drugs and then the one thing about medicine is you know <laughs> you know they they gave people xanax for a lot of these things right and what happened? Guess what? Pharmaceutical people started using more they need to do, right? And then they're like, hey, we're going to pull that back. Be like, you can't take as many, right? So that's one thing is, is that. But I think you have to find people that go through the same thing, right? And, but you have to admit that there is something wrong. And, and your best friend who may be your brother for the longest time, and he might not be like, I, bro, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, And then you, you're also, you, you can be um, shamed as a man, be like, what are you, weak? What are you? And then they'll use other words, but you know, you'll get the point and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it then. But I think a lot of times with suicide is the times I thought about it was the thoughts of how I failed others, not the, how I failed myself, but others and thought about like, it'll be easier if I'm not around here. And I think that's the toughest thing. Another thing that I've read in a lot of articles is it's almost impossible to understand mental health if you've never dealt with mental health and and i'm not saying like doctors or specialists but even like for my wife my wife has never had anxiety or depression or situations like that so when i talk to her about how i felt and i'm not putting her down she was willing to listen but to her it doesn't make sense because she's never had those feelings she's never been that an anxious that you know upset about something or so I agree 100%. You've got to find those people who understand what you're talking about um, and why certain things trigger the way you feel. And I think some people, and, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, some people use this as a crutch too. 
and and that's one thing that it, there's a it's it's just like when you when you go through and you look at um like abuse or even rape for example is in first time you you say it and you're like all right did it really happen and the same thing like well i'm dealing with depression anxiety and they're like well why you know I, i've never missed a day in work like 14 years and i've never been late i drive hours like yesterday i had to be at, in vincennes at like 9 30 and i was there at 9 a.m and that's two hours and 10 minute drive right mm -hmm. so i can still push through it and i think that's what other people do is from the old school right it's like just push through it or you know i mean how many people after work that probably had their job at like a foundry where were they at they were at a bar and i love that you said that because i wanted to bring up going back to your first bj robbins project uh episode when we talked about political correctness mm -hmm. i want there is a line and i'm not trying to put anybody down but i remember you guys talking about on there and some university in the uk that if you're not mentally ready to go take a test or go to class you're excused that's not life as much as i i i believe in mental health and helping people that's not life either and i agree with you i have good days i have bad days but you still have to go to work you still have to i still have to be a father to my boys i still have to you know you can't just say i'm not prepared to do anything and and i think the workforce has changed though it, it's looked down upon more if you call in sick to work now right see before you and like if you a lot of people worked in industry and i worked in retail so retail is different right so if you work in like a, a foundry if you want to take a sick day you have those built in it was no big deal uh, but now it's like it's different like if you call in sick and, and it's looked different upon and but they still call like this new generation weak or whatever but who's raising the generations uh, absolutely right um i have two sons um they're they were growing up a certain way i never hit my kids i mean i got i mean you heard about what i was talking about my real father like he was i mean that was brutal right but i never needed to do that to them when they were little yeah we smacked their butt smacked their, that's different i'm talking about like take like take your belt off. and i never understood it um in school i mean i, I went to school in the 80s um late 80s or whatever and, and then elementary school brown elementary like you can get a paddle and i was like why is this person that don't know me is going to hit me like i don't like when my real dad hits me because anger begets anger and that's another thing is so if you're angry and you take the anger out and then that anger can be on that person that person can keep that anger is never going to stop so i mean because if you're like smack someone across the face like behave and you're like okay and then soon they get that chance to take that and this is my opinion i know a lot of people be like well back in the day well you know what back in i was raised back in the day and my kids are fine well i think it, i think it creates fear yeah, not it, not learning not respect it creates fear yeah and, and then i don't you can't manage people by fear you know if i get fired tomorrow like probably two or three years ago I'd be like oh my god but now i'm like happens it happens we gotta keep moving forward but i mean but it the i think one thing that talk about is but when that dark moment happens and it happens it just some can trigger it that's that's where you have to be like i'm in a bad place and that's where people have to be i mean with it's as much as stupidity as we post on social media in in the nonsense and the hatred but it could still be good like you have messenger you have you can message people on snapchat instagram whatever facebook message whatever a regular text message there's so many people you can reach out to well and you can connect i mean that, yeah. like like we talked at the beginning here without podcasts without the ability if, if it was 1980 you and i would probably never know each other no um outside of maybe i would see a at something going on a pal's house or something but never but our ability to connect has been so so much stronger and you're right there's positive and negative to it and you know, and I think a lot of the people who are so negative naturally on social media are dealing with some of the same struggles as the people that they're they're judging. Um, they just can't yet come out and say it. But because we can't be happy for others, uh, when you and you know when you start doing your um, same thing I'm doing, Flyover Media, you have um, your media studios going on, and I'm like, cool, that's cool. Absolutely, like, I'm happy. But because a lot of people that are unhappy will will deflect will say that towards other people who are not happy with where they're at in life. You can't be happy for others, and 
and um like i i'm a person who does i've done open mics i do the podcast and i do all kinds of other things in the public and i work in the public but i am such an introvert like i don't like and that's and that's another thing that the scary is because if you don't like to be around people and you isolate yourself so much and then your mind just keeps going and going and going like uh, and you see a picture of your buddies doing something and you're like oh i don't want to go there like you know and it's and that's you just i think a lot of it's self-inflicted but it also goes back to something a lot of times is triggering it you know like i know with my mom's is my is pops passing right and then i know with the other things is there's something in their past that they can't outrun and i have some i won't say it here um but there's something that even to this day like probably 90 maybe 92 90 or 92 or whatever but there's some things that happen or whatever that most days i'm okay but other days i'll think about it and there might be a story in the news and i'm like oh my god and i just don't i get angry about it because i went through and i'm like it's is someone going to be there for that person is someone going to help them through that they're just going to be or they're not because i i think i think a lot of it is we're we don't pay attention to our kids um i always do with my i so i have a friend that's a teacher in seymour uh, ryan culberth right mm-hmm. and he posted something on, on facebook which which i can't stand to say when i say that phrase but um it was about the school shootings and and the day he posted that i text my kids like hey what's up how you doing and just thought about that like you know and we 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 don't think we don't we're so wrapped up in other things but we don't pay attention back to when you know um when they when it happened when he killed himself like i pulled my son in the room and i don't think most i don't think either one of my i don't think pops was said it or anybody else would have been talked about suicide i said hey when it gets dark that's what that's what your fathers are for when it gets dark no matter what it is luke's came to me like when he broke up with his girlfriend he came in put his head on my chest and started crying like i don't think i've ever i would ever done that but i've created that culture and luke like <laughs> luke's a man's man and you know and and so is colin they both have that ego in a good way but they'll come in and say things are bad because i've i've created that culture i'm like and i'll decide the same way i tell my employees i'm like is that an eight or higher right do you ever watch how i met your mother oh yeah so when they got married it was eight or higher i live by that rule if it's the eight or higher i'm stopping everything no matter what we're putting the phone down tv's off this is where we need to be at right because a lot of things people tell you are not eight or higher <laughs> you know they're like you know like someone was five minutes late or um he's wearing my shoes or whatever and i'm just like that's not an eight or higher and I'm trying to get them to focus on like eight or higher, right? And absolutely. I, and if we do that, I think we're able to focus on the real issues. But I think we, as parents, we're failing kids. Well, one of the things you said on on Smugcast when you were still doing it, and I'm telling you, this is a quote that I'll never forget. And you said, "Parents, put down your phone and stop worrying about posting a a tweet or a post to save the world and save your kids." Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like my favorite parent my favorite parents are this like no 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 i understand that you're hungry but this post will i'm gonna get a bunch of likes it's gonna change the world it's gonna change the world just stay there i understand i understand you need your inhaler it's fine just stay there and and um i didn't get facebook till a few years ago when we had to start promoting podcasts right because i want to stay away from the negativity and you know and i love seeing people uh pictures of people kids growing up their families vacations like wow that's so cool like wow their kids so big and they see pictures of my boys they're like wow i didn't realize he was that old and that's his wife and you know i we should celebrate it but like you said earlier behind that picture what's really behind it absolutely and and i'm not saying everybody's life is miserable but we live in a culture where it's 100 miles an hour we don't slow down um i mean i remember mom being a single parent for the long time and like we, we didn't fix dinner a lot it was like hey you got football practice you got this um we're gonna go get mcdonald's and it wasn't because she worked two jobs, right? And so I think I think we, now we create a culture where we're going a million miles an hour. And then when my mom moved in after Pops passed away, she was like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, we're going to just make a frozen pizza. And she's like, now we're going to And she started making dinner. And she moved back home. She's pretty close to actually we're down, right down the road from me, actually. And, and I was like, man, I miss those dinners. Mm-hmm. 
because we would sit there and eat them and then uh, we would talk but we just don't talk to our kids and then so you know and i'm not saying anything towards that kid's parent i I don't know no 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 obviously but what i'm saying is is like learn from learn from those but we don't we forget about it you know there's a school shooting then we forget about it or, or or let's say for example another terrorist attack or someone kills them something we're just we, we worry, get wrapped back up in we our worry about stuff. it in a minute yeah we're like hey man the downloads are down what are we doing and and none of that none of that stuff matters um because without death life gives no meaning right and and, and you know another thing that one of my former players said and it goes right along with what you're saying is we have to stop all getting together only at the funeral home. And, and you know, it, it really struck me to the core because, you know, when you get to that adulthood, and I, not only just with my former players and students, but thinking to my, my friends and things like that, why is it the only time we gather is when we've lost someone or we're struggling or we're hurting? Why can't we get together and support each other in, in all the times, in the good times? But you're exactly right. We get so busy and – this is a silly thing, but when I was teaching sociology, I always, I always taught this part because it, it goes back to our phones and social media and how connected we are. But when the first uh, indoor washing machine was produced, it was, it was marketed as it's going to save housewives unbelievable amounts of time. They'll do so much less laundry time because they're not out in a wash basin and wringing clothes out and it's going to be so great. When you actually look at what that invention caused is they actually doubled the amount of time they did laundry because the expectation of cleanliness went up so much because it was easier to do it. You had to wash laundry even more than what you did before. It's the same thing with the cell phones. And, and I tell kids at school all the time, and they think I'm crazy and it's amazing to me, but knowing, you know, with your age, you're right there too. Like when we were kids, you called somebody, if they didn't answer, you left a message on their answering machine you may not get called back for three or four days because they may be gone for the weekend. They may be out of town. They may, and that was totally acceptable. But if I call you and leave you a voicemail or text you and I don't hear from you in 24 hours and sometimes shorter than that with certain people, it's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? What's Cause, going on? Because now I think, I, I think it's on other ones, but I know on the iPhone, um, like the transcribes the voicemail. So, so it'll tell you, it's basically still a text message. Yeah. You don't even have to listen to I, it. Absolutely. So, and, and it was funny is cause one of my friends, um, today's his birthday, Ben Politsky from Expresso. And I've always, always talked to him, um, on Instagram through messages, but I was like, it was his birthday. So I physically texted him. I was like, I'll never hear from him. And he texted me back and I was just like, really? It's like, you never text me back about or return the phone call. But you and so it's a different generation. And one of the things is, is people always talking about their phones. And, and what's weird is, is I came home Friday night around 1230 and the, my kids were, or uh, my oldest was outside with his friends. You know what they're doing? Throwing the football. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but they're on their phones because they remind me a lot of us. They'll play, they'll, they have their buddies over and they're playing Madden um, 2020 and they're sitting there playing, 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 playing. And then they're like, eh, let's go outside. They throw the football. They throw the Frisbee. My kids are boring, and I'm okay with that, right? My youngest plays football, but they're always, yeah, they're always on their phone. But I thought about how many kids spend so much time on TV and spend so much time on their um, uh, on TV or playing video games. And so I played a ton of video games. Oh, absolutely. And now I have a phone, and, and I feel like – but other people – I think social media makes – can make a lot of people feel lonely and that's one thing that someone was talking about like because back in the 50s we talked about this before like where did this nuclear family come from who created it who said we have to be this way it was created for us like the the old sitcoms how was it created like if you watch tv tv starts to dictate like almost how you're supposed to live your life a little bit like you had, uh, what was it, Leave the Beaver? Mm-hmm. Um, you had um, Mary Tyra Moore show. You had these shows where you'd see the, you know, the wife with the cookies. You see the husband come on with the briefcase. But you never, they never really had, except for Jackie Gleason, obviously that show, Honeymooners. That was different. But that was like, oh, that's New York. That's how they do it in New York. But in right. the Midwest, this is how you're supposed to be. But you never saw the guy come home from like auto. There was never. It was always based around a successful businessman with a wife at home and the two kids the dog and a cat and a white picket fence right so a lot of times back to failure you're like well and that was me it was like i have to get to this like i don't want to grow up the way i did and you feel like you don't get to a certain place and you're like wow i failed and i felt everybody around me had 
especially if you've had high expectations set on you. Because it was always like, well, you know, he's going to make it. And I was just like, so me and my brother, I think, um, are the we both are married. We both have kids. We both have jobs. And coming from where we came from was pretty good. But there's still those demons of like, you know, why did dad bounce? And then when the royal father goes to prison and it's on the front page of the paper and you start thinking like, and that's what ate me. He went to jail for molestation. And that's my father. And things are hereditary. And living in a small town, that created a lot of anxiety. So when I had two sons, I was actually happier. Just for, just because you were worried about what people were going to think. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't hold other people's kids. That's, there's a lot of things that like mentally mess me up with that. Like, I'm not doing that. And that was even the worst thing. But that, that was one of the worst things. I was like, you know, one of my buddies has two daughters. I never... Never really held him ever at all. If I did, it was like one of these, like, "Yay, here's yeah," you know. And and that's and no one thought that, but you start. That's where that's where back, your mind is. Goes back to depression. You're making your think. You're overthinking it, and you're thinking about back in your head, and you're like, "His dad went to jail for this. I wonder if he's like that at all." And it starts creeping in your head, creeping in your head, and you start thinking that you're a bad person. You've done nothing, you know. Or if your dad's an alcoholic, or your mom's, you know, abuses prescription, whatever the cliche is, and you start thinking that. Cause you're waiting for the other shoe to fail. Like, all right, when is my problems going to start happening? And then instead of joining it and then, and, but people understand like, oh, just go for a walk and be fine. Well, that might work for you, but not everybody. It'll work for everybody. Me was like, um, what helped me was becoming finding my passion, which was this and being able to meet great people and be able to do that. And that's why someone has to find something that's very therapeutic, but you have to realize that you do have a problem. Same with addiction. You have to know you have a problem. And it's okay to have a problem. I'm not saying you're weak. I mean, like I said, I have the epitome of where you want to be at, but I still have times where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. And that's so weird to say, because you always, everybody's always been around me. They'd be like, so if you listen to the show I did last Friday, or coming out tomorrow on Juice, you'd be like, man, that guy's a funny, has a lot of fun. He's something, but those are the ones that are the scariest ones. Well, and even to the point of, you know, your your previous show was Smugcast. I mean, yeah. and, and you are. You're a confident dude. I'm not putting that down. But the character that you played in that show, turning you up to 10, you would never think anything could ever bother you. Oh, and that, and that's why I think that's why I contacted you, because if you're sitting in a room of kids and, and you just go through your story, I have everything we want to be at. My, friend has, my son has the brand new iPhone. I'm not talking about materialistic things, but we're able to provide. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, we have a good life, but there's still, it's just weird how our minds work. Cause our minds are just, you know, and it just goes back to wonder is like, where did this come from? And it's, 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 it's your, it is your environment. And some of it is hereditary, you know, it's almost like diabetes a little bit. Like some of it's head, even if you take care of yourself, you can still get it heart disease, whatever it's, it's your mind can just make you feel however you want to feel. And and you know when you when i heard that story with a kid and i was just like and it, it resonated with like i guarantee he was probably a very happy lucky kid right oh my gosh yes and probably like man that, look at him there he is and you're laughing and the, and then all of a sudden you're like I, I don't believe this why and no one will ever know why unless there's a journal or or something like that that's why ap and moy have access to my phone not not in a bad way because that way there's stuff in there that way and most people know about it but there's still things in there to be like what you're going through and, and like writing helps a lot it, you have to find your passion but being in a small town <clears throat> where everybody knows everybody that's the hard part about saying anything hey did you know uh jimmy's depressed and you're like is he did you talk to him is he doing okay do you, let's go see what he's doing you know let's take him to a movie let's do something for him or her because everybody's like, ah, oh, most women are depressed anyways. Or or you always have these cliches, but I have a friend that deals with depression half the time. A lot of times his husband doesn't know he's a, she's depressed. Because he's such a happy-go-lucky person. Like, oh, she just must not feel good. And that's your and that's your husband. Think about that. That's your mm-hmm. husband. And, and But she might not want to say nothing because she don't want to sound like she's complaining. Like, ah, she was complaining again last night about, you know, how unhappy she is. I don't know what her problem is. And we just move on because we're more focused. And I don't want to say this society now is more focused on me, on, on yourself. It's been like that forever. Well, I, I think that's, I think that is a, a natural part of our genetic makeup because, I mean, you go back as we've evolved as a, as a species, 
you always had to – I know it's it sounds bad, but you always had to look out for number one. I mean, going all the way back to thousands of years ago, I mean, if it was you and I and there's a tiger, I mean, I, I'm looking out for me. I mean, that naturally I'm going to think about myself first. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. Um, but I think what helped me was dealing with this. I met a lot of people like I, like, um, Moy always says this to me. And like I said, he's like, you take on everybody else's problems because that's how you deal with your problem. Like you're not able to think about what you're going through because you're like, feed me what you have Mm -hmm. and I will help you. And then the worst part is at times, like you want to say something to somebody about what's going through. Like, yeah, I don't want to bother nobody. No one cares, even though you know you have people that care. And that's another great point that you just said, because I, I was the same exact way in some of my worst moments. Give me what you're going through, because I can I can dissect and give you great advice and help you solve your problem and have no worries, even though I may be dealing with the same thing and have no idea what to do. Yeah. And, and, and that's the good part about it, you know, because you're because it, it could be a little thing is, is you know, like. Like coming here, I'm like, all right, well, I want to wear, right? So I was like, well, I might wear this. I'm like, ah, oh, man, that just that's too tight. I don't like the way it makes me look. And then you're just like, whatever. And it, and it's like that little thing can stick with you. Like, man, I can't believe that shirt don't fit no more. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to the doctor, he's like, hey, you lost weight. And I'm like, really? Like, because you're right away assuming that I gained weight and then that, you know. And but we have to. I know it's just it's just sad when people won't talk to each other and i think a lot of this because we're afraid of what they're gonna say like what are you weak mm-hmm. what are you baby come on you're just walk it off rub dirt on it whatever you want to say you've got everything you want to hear yeah. my problems yeah. i've got and i got real world problems but it could be but what i said was it could still go back to something that happened many years ago absolutely and because there is post-traumatic stress disorder there is something so traumatic that can stick with you that like it won't go away and it can eat at you and it, all it takes is one thing to set them off it's you know just not soldiers that get it, it's other people that get it uh, abu- vic- victims of abuse you know all kinds of things like that but i feel like we just have to it'd be nice to have a support group of people that have like you're going through the same thing i'm going through like you deal with depression anxiety bipolar like sit around and talk about it you know and the old joke would be like man I'm not as bad as that person. And it might make you feel better, but you're talking back and forth like I could have a lot worse. Well, and it's all in our perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may look at you and say, I don't have it as bad as him. And you may look at me and say, I don't have it as bad as him. So it, it, you're exactly right. It, it can help, you know, support some of those things. And I want to go back real quick. When was obviously talking about your childhood and, and the struggles that you had there? When was the first time when you really felt you know obviously the confidence issues came out not feeling good enough that you truly felt you were hitting depression that it wasn't just i'm trying to you know cope with or understand the things that are happening to me that i'm truly hitting depression um i think it was in uh probably high maybe high school maybe middle school we were living off o'brien street and i remember laying mom's bed because like i slept on a futon and, and me and my brother shared a room or whatever and I was laying in her bed. I think she's worked third shift. And I was just like, why does my dad, real dad, don't want me? Like, that just started it. Like, made me depressed or crying. Like, why does he not want me? Like, why? What did I do? Like, I didn't ask to be born. And now as a father, I'm like, try to keep me away from my kids. Like, I will never choose anything over them. Right? That, and then, and that just, start, as I became a father, just bothered me more. And it just ate at me. Like, like why does he not? And I think that's, and, and Juice, one of her friends, always wants to be famous, right? Like I wanted to make it to show I didn't need you. And that's the, that's not good energy to have. I don't hate my real father. I don't hate anybody. Right. So, and I always say, if I don't hate him, then there's no reason I can hate anybody else. But that's when it started. It was just like, why does he not want me? You know? And, and I always felt like an outsider at times. I'm like, oh, that's the, and, and we grew up poor. Right. I remember spending food stamps at convenience on O'Brien street convenience store. And like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, like I, you know, and it just, like, ah, we want BJ to go. He probably doesn't have the money. Or, you know, th- they didn't say that, but that's... That's what you thought. Yeah, just I just thought I was poor white trash in a trailer park, government, like, cheap apartments. So when you met Stephanie, how how did you fight through that? Because I know you and I have talked. She's got a very different background than what you had as well. Her mom had passed away. Her mom, We met in... Um, we had a first date August 10th, 1998. Her mom had died April 30th, 1998. 
so i i was able to see what she was going through and i'm like i need to make sure she's happy so like all my energy went to that so instead of thinking about i'm not good enough for it goes back to exactly what we just talked about you Mm. saw someone with a problem with a struggle and you put your energy into making into helping them be better yeah and and it it ate at me for so long and then i was like why am i why am i alive right and like her mom worked at Miscatatuck, worked with special needs kids that's what she did she was a teacher and did all these things physical therapist and like that still that still ate at me like this day like why is she not here and then like why am i here like i always felt like she has more to offer like that that's so ridiculous to say out loud but that's the way your brain can work because her dad is a research chemist for dupont dr anthony s Ragone, right so he's a like you know huge success right worked at dupont and then then hers her mom right and i'm like they married this dude from seymour that had no job <laughs> at that time lives with his parents not going to go to college and then right then and there so the longest time I, I did feel like that but she was going through that and then i was able to um realize that like like she didn't like she didn't realize how bad the depression was we talked about a few months ago like how bad it gets like she's like why do you sit in a car and eat your food and i finally was like i don't want to burden her with this because i'm gonna like i don't want to scare her after um 20 years of being together but and, and it's weird and but i that's the first time when i was just like why am i not good enough why am i in this crappy apartment why did i deserve this why did my dad leave like why did all these things happen even though uh pops was like my baseball coach and basketball coach my parent they hadn't got started dating yet. like he i think he was 14 15 years old when he really you know became living with us or they get together whatever the phrase is but that's how i always felt but i always felt like mom would be depressed and then you know um craig was oblivious i don't mean that if you listen that's not what i mean because craig's craig and but i felt like i had to try to keep things together like when pops died i felt like i had to keep things together i then like even when my grandma died i was like you know i was like i gotta keep keep everybody together and then at times then it just you just get so worn out and you're like i don't want to do anything no more i just want to lay in bed and put headphones on listen to music or whatever and just disappear and then and then like i would become distant from everybody when your mom was depressed growing up did you feel like you had to be that entertainer to to make her smile to make her laugh to try and help pull her out of that yeah we'd always watch i know it's a running joke but we'd always watch jump jack flash which is a Whoopi goldenberg movie and then um a burglar which is another one my aunt um would always she had hbo when we talked about this a lot but she would tape hbo and then we didn't have cable time or whatever um but we would watch movies and that's why i don't like if i watch serious movies at times like emotional movies like it just like i don't want to do it like it just it'll just eat at me or whatever um you know um but that's that's why i got into comedy was because and this <laughs> this is the funny part we were talking about jokes off the air and that came from dark places but that's when i like, met ap and he's like dude go to that dark place and pull something out of it he's like you have in the past just pull something out of it and be amazed at it and in that dark place like you know a lot of my favorite comedians and other things were crazy you know people and that dealt with depression and you know mitch hedberg who dealt with heroin you know and a lot of the comedians are some funny people are the most self-conscious people in the world like i like i think bullies are the most self-conscious people at times too like i'm gonna make fun of this kid because that way they'll never say anything about me yeah it deflects all the attention off of me yeah there's a there's a song by an artist named token um it does with bullying and if you watch the video it's like and and i showed this to my kids and i was like don't be that kid that because at the end they end up he shoots the two bullies and he actually shoots token because he's like you're the worst of all like you didn't say anything or do anything and you know it's a good video for kids to watch and it's like don't be the kid that because a lot of times like oh they're picking on johnny again and like you don't know that could drive johnny to do that or drive johnny to like end everything and i, I mean bullying is part of growing up i get it but um i used to bully a lot i guess and then when i got like probably 17 18 or whatever i went the opposite way it was like i'm gonna make fun of bullies like just no reason and as i get older and it's one of those things is i don't like people to talk to people a certain way and it's amazing to me now that i'm older because 
some people that have like off the wall um, interests or like I said with this podcast and even some of the other ones we've done things that I normally probably wouldn't ever be interested in. I love talking to them about it because I love seeing their passion and the, the amount of time they put into it and things like that. It, it blows my mind. And, and I, I'm so glad that I've been able to open up my mind a little bit more and say, you know, this may not be for everybody, but it's really cool that this is totally what they're into and what they their passion is and get to hear from them um, is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and there are people that might listen to that know me growing up, like, dude, dude that dude's an a-hole. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Dude, like, dude, he'd just make fun of people constantly. You know, that's just him. And and they'll listen to it and realize that some of that came from, like, like I want to deflect this back on you. Or well, whatever. you want to attack before being attacked. And with the name, like, bj growing up and 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 i could have went by brian but i i always stuck to that because i know that that name was not given from my father it was given from the nurses when i was i didn't have a name for like two weeks it's 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 such a and that's another thing i think bothers me is like they're like oh your name's really bj and i'm like yes so when i was born my name is brian joe not joseph we didn't go to the bible with this straight because my biological father's name is Joe, J O E, right? And so my grandma um, was born in Hazard County, Kentucky. There's no like she was born at home. She to the day she she died, they didn't know what year she was really born. Wow! Because it's one of those. It's a farm. We have kids. We move on, right? So my brother sat low, and they said, "Well, you're gonna have um, you're going to have a boy. And obviously it was a boy. I said, hi, they said, Hey, it's going to be a girl. It's going to be a girl. So grandma did the old, old school. Um, well, she was 50%. I was a, another boy. And when I was born, you know, I think when they had like Brittany pull point, I think I was 30 years old. My mom finally told me, was like, yeah, it was Brittany. We didn't have no boy name picked out. So the nurses and people just kept saying, Hey, what about this name? What about this name? And so even from birth, everything was interesting. So they put, you used to say Robin's baby. Then it said BJ Robbins. So from birth, I'm in call it BJ. Um, and then I think a lot of that, I think I wore that as a badge of honor. Like, all right, I'm going to have this name. It's going to be a difficult name. Didn't realize it was difficult till like I got like probably nine or 10. Why it was difficult. Uh, Cause I thought it was cool. It's two initials. That's awesome. Right easy to spell i don't have to work <laughs> but it's the most it's the name that's messed up the most uh can i speak to dj is cj there i'm just like it's two letters but even that one even that was just like a unique way of me that's why i was always stuck with that name because i was like i feel like i'm poor i feel like i'm this but if you're gonna if you're gonna come at me i'm gonna have it loaded no matter what and then that's why I would study people, study their mannerisms, and study this. And I was always on the defense, never on the offense, right? So, because I was always like, someone's going to have something to say to me. Like, and I remember just, you know, growing up poor, and you just, like, when guest jeans come out, I remember ripping off, got Wranglers, or ripped the Wrangler patch off so no one know what they are. Because a lot of those things, it's just, it's so trivial now. I look at it, I was like, that's so stupid because I got $22 Levi's on from Walmart. I don't care. But it was huge then. Yeah, and then and it's like, because in in it just ate at you, and, and it goes back to like I'm not good enough. I hate that we don't have money. I hate that I don't have anything. I, I hate, I hate, I hate, and eventually that hate turns into anger, and the anger turns into like I don't want to do this no more. I'm tired of being here, and then and you could just be done. And you know, and I, and that's something I always say to some of my teachers too, just to remind people that you know when kids come to us and say, "I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so stressed out, I, I've, I'm so my anxiety's huge," it's so easy as an adult to say, "Kid, you don't have any idea what anxiety is yet. You don't have any idea what stress is. Wait till you have kids. Wait till you have a job. Wait till you have to pay bills." Mm-hmm. But everything is relative to the person because what you just said right there is so true. Because when we were in high school, everybody had that feeling of, do I have the right clothes? Do I look the right way? Am I doing the right thing? And that caused stress. It caused anxiety in people. But in the flip side now, at our age now, we look back and we're like, like, I would never, if you walked in, thought, oh my gosh, he's got Wrangler jeans on from Walmart. Like, I don't even pay attention to that stuff. I, honestly, I probably wouldn't even know if you had jeans on right now with you sitting down because I didn't even pay attention to it. Yeah, I, I know you got a concept hoodie on because yeah. I saw a concept and I was like... <laughs> I've been listening to concept all weekend. So. I, uh, I mean, I have, I mean, but in, 
you know, and I, everybody's like, well, you meant, you know, everybody, if I have, I don't have a lot of regrets, right? I don't want to live like that, but I wish I would have known that like with podcasting now and I'm not saying anything to do with podcasting, but I wish if anything would have went into like counseling or went into like, Hey, I get you like, Hey, instead of, you know, cause a lot of times is because we want kids now to be like my son's 16. Like, Hey, and I already have people asking what school is he going to go to? Has, has he thought about what college? And I'm like, dude, he's 16. Like let him be like, we want kids to sit down and be uniform and, and, and be little adults. They're not little adults. Oh, they're kids. If they think they're little adults, like I got my license at 16. I was driving at 16. Now there's a waiting period, right? There's, there's a reason there's a waiting period. Now I agree with that one. You know, and no, then, because I know how I was at sixteen driving. Yeah, luckily they didn't have very nice cars, so I couldn't really do anything. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I was just like, I'm so glad because, and that's how I made it. Uh, I said I was twenty minutes away. I made it down here like ten minutes. So sorry to that semi, but but I think you have to find something to as an outlet that's healthy, right? I mean. I mean, dude, I would stress eat. That's why I gained so much weight. Like I would stress eat eating, eating my driveway, and I'd be like, and I'd be like, what am I doing? And then, and I have a great family, like a mom to my brother. But it doesn't matter because your brain says none of that matters. All thing that matters is you suck. Everybody thinks you suck. You're overweight. You know, you took a big pay cut. Um, you know, your your show ended. Now you're trying to do this other thing. It's not going as well as this. Like. Why do you keep even trying anything? And your brain just keeps eating at you, eating at you. And then no matter how much you grind and no matter how much you try, you, sometimes you can't outrun it. Mm-hmm. And you got to sit down and be like, hey, I'm going to text. And that's why I talked to the agent sensation Moy a lot because he deals with the stress, anxiety. He just had his um, third son. His name is Luciano too, by the way. Really? With two C's. So, um, and that was such an honor. Like, Hey, I like your son's name. I'm going to honor him. So we'll always have that bond. Right. But there, you have to have somebody who you can trust to talk to. And, and, and I think, but, and I don't know his situation and it's just heartbreaking. And and it's just like, because there's something probably, probably could have talked to somebody, but probably didn't want to say what was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at someone like Mac Miller who just hit everything with drugs and the pain and because drugs help i don't lie. i mean i i use my fair share of you know take an extra xanax and be like God. yeah self-medicating or, you know or, or take a vicodin and drink some nyquil and, and and just be asleep for 12 hours or people that drink or whatever but i just think there's mental health is something that's important but there's still the other sides i think that like we the people the problem with mental health why people don't take it seriously is because it's like everything else people abuse it you know you had um the Cavs um player come out talk about anxiety um uh love i think his name is kevin uh, love kevin love came out i was like hey i have anxiety think about it it is is look at how we rip these athletes or these actresses or or, or these politicians michael phelps is another yeah. one i was just reading about this morning i mean he talked about in 2014 he was he was really considering committing suicide this guy is a guy who is similar to what you're saying look at the gold medals he's won i mean he was one of the most dominant swimmers in history and was in a dark place to where he didn't know if he wanted to still live anymore american icon right mm-hmm. you know and that's one thing we do to our heroes is we we uh, what's the phrase um either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain mm-hmm. and that, and i think that's why a lot of these athletes um Phil and I think that's way a lot of actors the kids feel like oh everybody loves me and then like no one like feels like no one likes me and and the, it's, the human mind is amazing but I think we have to respect what go what people go through and, and just listen because a lot of times we don't listen right you know all we want to do is point out like I don't know why they're so unhappy like you know he's got this I don't even have that like whatever and that's what we do is because we're like yeah I don't care and and we just but we shut i think but we shut down and someone hears that i don't care and especially for someone you care about it's like yeah i don't care well brother we're at uh an hour and five minutes and i want i want to say this before we we jump off here and and number one thank you um for coming being willing to tell your story and and talk and you know i know when we talked i i think and this isn't patting each other on the back I think what we just did is is really powerful because the two of us sat here and talked about 
mental health, talked about our own struggles, talked about friends that we know that struggle. Um, and like I said, if you listen to any of our other shows, this no one would probably expect this episode coming out the way it did. No, they would say uh, smug, arrogant, um, belittling, um, borderline anti-PC. But like, but that's what I'm saying is 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 I always call myself crazy is because I think there's everybody has different sides to them. But the hardest thing to do is do this. That's why I want to do is like you strip yourself down to the purest form and be like, hey, I struggle, mm-hmm. and but I have people around me I can count on for the longest time is I didn't want to say anything because it's embarrassing so reach out to people I mean hell I don't even care if I don't know you so I mean you just, just reach out yeah and and you know if you're struggling right now if you need somebody to talk to you know find us on social media reach out to us find someone that you trust to talk to and and it's vital you know because you would be amazed I know we talked about earlier how many of us are dealing with those same struggles on an everyday basis. And the biggest problem is maybe we don't do a good job of sharing them. And that's why I know you wanted to come down. That's why I was excited to have you on. And like you said, originally we were going to come down and talk about podcasting and, you know, the stuff we were doing with producing and all that stuff. And I think this is a much, much more powerful episode than we could have ever done. Yeah. And in closing is like, you guys are good enough. You can come back from anything. That's what's great about life. You can is but you are good enough there there's always tomorrow there is always tomorrow like even though they tomorrow's not guaranteed but the only way it's not guaranteed is not believing in that there's not a tomorrow but you are good enough i mean look at my story where i'm at now and i still struggle but you can get somewhere it doesn't have to be the way that you it doesn't have to end the way you think it has to and you can manage it. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, neither one of us are sitting here saying that there's a cure. No, absolutely Both of not. us still struggle. Both of us still have bad days. Both of us. So it's not that, but you can manage it and you can you can still succeed and, ha- and live a very fulfilling life without making that decision that ends it early. Yeah. And there's still people out there that love and care about you. And even if you think that there's don't that you don't, there are people that still love and care about you that will be there for you and sometimes i know this is the most difficult thing you're gonna have to remove yourself from a certain situation um, because if you keep telling johnny he's a piece of crap eventually johnny's going to believe he's a piece of crap absolutely but thanks have me down hey brother appreciate it love all the stuff you're doing um like i said this is a this will be a special episode for me because again it, it's totally off the wall of what we typically do and uh, i appreciate it no anytime All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. This is episode two of Speaking from Experience. And uh, uh, join us again next week. Uh, We'll be talking to local comedian Jeff Toy. Um, He'll be on the podcast meeting with us. We will also uh, have a special episode here coming out uh, with the mural artist who just painted the John Mellencamp mural in Seymour. Uh, So make sure that you join us for all of those episodes. And again, if you're having any struggles, you need help with anything, please reach out, find someone you can trust and talk to. And uh, we're here for you and we care about you and we want to see you, you know, for the rest of our lives. So thank you, everybody.